now? Yeah. Gotcha. Nice. All right, technology. I was here preemptively judging your inability to follow the links and the steps only to realize that it was my fault that I never sent it to you. I mean, I was on time. You were on time. You were. Guys, I'm uh, very excited to have somebody I consider a, a brother, one of my best friends. The guy's known me, what, out ninth grade, dude? You've been ninth grade. So that's ninth. fuck. 17, 18 years, 19 years, 19 almost, years. Almost no, 20 years. Or 22 years. 22 <laughs> years. We're very good at math. Uh, we went to we went to went to high school together, played baseball together, uh went to UCF together. I mean, literally attached to this guy's hip probably for a solid eight years. You know, he's seen basically Merge's entire journey. You know, he was in the car when I came up with the name. I, you know, have witnessed his whole professional journey, which has been honestly amazing. I couldn't be happier for the guy to find something that is just so in line with his personality and just something that he really excels at. You know, he started uh, in alcohol sales uh, for Stoli here in Miami Beach and did such a phenomenal job that they gave him the opportunity to move to Colorado and, and manage the entire state. So Al, tell me what it's like moving from Miami to Denver. Oh man. So many panic attack when the opportunity came up. I mean, I pretty much talked with all my friends and family about this after I made my decision because Kind of didn't want any influence from anyone outside. I kind of don't want to do this with my me and now wife when we decided on it, but it's been one of the best decisions of my life. I was living in Miami Beach, as you know, probably for eight years at that point. So I was in the thick of what Miami was doing alcohol sales in Miami Beach. So I was one of those people that thought never leave Miami, never will, never can. But uh, Colorado came up, man. And Tell you the truth, what I miss most other than family and friends is seafood. It's about yeah, it. Man. I, I, I do miss I do mountains. miss I do miss those invites to the to the various restaurants on the uh on the old uh on the old uh the old account. I do miss the those. Old, yeah, yeah, the old the expense account. Yeah, yeah. Those uh breaks the, of the business. <laughs> um but yeah, man, I mean, you know. Dude, this is, you know, whatever this, this week's been crazy, man. I, you know, of everyone that I talked to, man, I, you know, I probably talked to you more about the current state of what is going on than anybody, you know, socially, uh, economically from a health standpoint, political. I mean, it's just like a whirlwind of stuff, man. It's just, it's, it's just crazy, man. And what's the community like over there? How are people, you know, dealing with this? Like, I mean, what are you seeing? I mean, I, I, I think, when it first started, it was a lot of just no one knowing what the heck to do. People upset that St. Patrick's Day parade was canceled and this is, you know, what the hell, you know, uproar about that. And then it steadily just became a little more serious, a little more serious. But isn't, isn't that funny? Like two weeks, like you look back, like the, the stuff that we were like so disappointed is not happening. We're like, yeah. like my cousin got mad at me because we're not going to the NFL draft. And I'm just like, dude, what do you, what do you want me to do? And then like a week later, he's like, yeah, uh, yeah, they're not even doing it. I'm like, yeah, no shit, dude. Like I knew I this was progressively happening. We got more serious for every group of person as this has gone on to now where I think there's a little bit of a fatigue with everyone where they want to get off of this. Yet they're still kind of trying to navigate how serious it all is. I don't know. It's a weird state that we keep going through day by day, week by week, but 
here, like you said, people were going a little stir crazy. People wanted to get out. I know there's areas in Boulder and areas closer to the mountains where trails were just slammed and they started getting more notice about like, guys, we don't want to close these trails because we want to have these areas open, but we want to get people out. And then what they started doing here in the city is closing off neighborhood uh, areas for cars so pedestrians can have walkways more. Wow. So they're trying to get people to go out, but keep their distance. But yeah, it's a, it's a weird dance. Dude, have you, have you seen this thing with like all these animals that are starting to go on the streets and stuff? Like, dude, I Especially heard something. Here, man. Bears and mooses and dude, it's crazy. it's crazy. Like somebody said this the other day, it made so much sense to me. They're like, you know, of course the human race would have the ego to assume that we own this planet and we've been abusing this planet for hundreds of years. And, and now it's like, it's just, it's just nature reminding you that we don't own this planet. And it, and it's the craziest thing is seeing Dude, you're seeing like deer, like in the middle of streets. Like, I mean, I don't remember, you know, obviously not like in New York city, but there was, there was a pretty like crazy picture I saw the other day of like a, like a pretty prominent downtown area with just animals roaming the streets. Like I am legend. It was crazy, man. I think San Francisco is one of those. You see coyotes and wolves just roaming the streets because it's right next to like natural areas. So yeah, New York city is probably going to be one of Venice had fish in it. So yeah, I, you know, this thing kind of rocked our world, you know, pretty, pretty bad at merge. And, and, you know, we, you know, fortunately have like other division and things that we can creatively come up with other solutions. You know, obviously this government, uh, small business thing is helping us out just, just to give us some time to think, man, just to think of, figure it all out. But, you know, I think, I think one of the biggest, um, one of the biggest industries that has, uh, inspired me the most through this has to be, you know, the culinary, uh, restaurant and, and service industry. And, and, you know, the thing is, it's like, they have all the reason in the world to be upset, depressed, you know, become hermits, you know, just get angry. And I'm sure a lot of them are, man, it's understandable. But, but at the same time, I think your industry are really setting the standard of, of what, of creativity when it comes to whether it's prime One Twelve. Uh, selling their, 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 you know, their steaks wholesale directly. So you can grill them at home. You know, I, I, you know, you and Pam are constantly showing these, these mixologists that are, that are creating these packages that you can take home and, and, and have drinks at home. I mean, really, really inspiring, man, just to see p people pivot and, and make the best of the situation. Yeah. I think that my, that my, uh, my side of that industry, I think is uh real unique in that sense. And they probably a lot of them are angry probably a lot of them did want to initially crawl into a space but that's not in their nature dude you meet any of these culinary guys from line cooks all the way up to sous chefs to head chefs to owners these guys are workaholics in nature they they problem solve literally 12 hours out of a day because if you're in behind one of those kitchens if you're behind a bar if you see a service if you see front of house back of house it's nothing but problems <laughs> All day, they're the, they're the every hardest people. day, they're the hardest working all it people is, I... is solving them quickly. And what you think is a fight or an attitude is really just an attitude of let's fucking get this shit done and enjoy a drink and a cigarette after this because they have never had anyone that assists them. They've never had anyone that helped them. They've never relied on it. They've yeah. never expected it. So not getting the assistance that they rightfully deserve right now is something that unfortunately they're used to and they're trying to thrive around it. And like you said, creative ways, but it's not something that unfortunately is lasting and there's going to have to be new things that have to come up in this way. But 
it's what the industry breeds, man. These people are incredible. And I work a lot of times just hand in hand with them. I wish I could say that I do what they do, but no, man, they're, they're, they're incredible people creatively and more importantly with business. They're, they're amazing. They change. Dude, they, they have, this is the thing I, I always, I always say this. They have arguably the best work ethic of any industry that I know. These guys are consistently working 16 hour days. It requires every ounce of their, their soul and being to be successful. And these people work 16 hour days, man. They, they bust their ass in the kitchen. If you go to a restaurant that opens up at, at 12, that means somebody was there at eight. And that means that somebody was leaving at four in the morning cleaning, man. It's just nonstop. And, 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 and just, and it's a lot of adrenaline. Let me tell you coming off. Dude, of they got, and, and their room for error is like nothing. Their room for error is literally nothing. And, and as it is, the, the, the economics are already against them when it comes to, you know, it's probably, you know, restaurants are so notorious for being one of the hardest businesses to run. And again, it's, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be really interesting, man. I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen on the tail end of this thing, man. You know, we need to start thinking of our businesses differently because, you know, restaurant capacities are, are something that could be f affected after this. You know, there's just going to be a lot of things that that are going to require adjustments. After, that discussion man. with us has gone back and forth when this opens up back up. Number one, how many are opening back up and what does opening open, opening back up realistically look like? Because realistically, I think if you talk to any business owner or restaurant owner whatever type of hospitality, 50% capacity isn't a realistic. Role. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not hundred so percent what it is. What, what does the consumer feel comfortable going back to? What does, uh, the restaurateur have to do? What changes have to be made? It's, it's, it's a lot of what, and what can we do? And I think we're kind of waiting on assistance from others and guidance on what, what that direction is. You know, at some point we're, we're going to have to make a lot of tough decisions, but you know, the thing I've realized through this process, man, is that we're incredibly resilient, man. And, you know, watching now more and more people actually going home, quarantining, seeing some of the numbers getting just a little bit better, not that they're getting better, but getting a little bit better is, is very encouraging to see. I mean, you could almost argue that this has you been see the effects of what we're doing. And it's kind of awesome, right? Like quickly, you're kind of quickly seeing them, but the, yeah, the I don't know. And you're, and, and you're, and right? we've needed, we've needed something. And again, man, I, 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 I wish we were not in this situation. I don't want that to be taken the wrong way, but we've needed something in this country for a long time to unite us, man. Something that felt like we were on a common goal, a common uh, task. And yeah, man, you're going to have political bickering here and there, but I think at the end of the day, everyone wants the same result in this situation, which is just just to I get think beyond thing. blue and red in America, I think uh, globally, I feel a little more united too. Like it's one of the first issues in my lifetime that I can remember that it feels like we're all in this to fight it. Like yeah. should have been climate control, should have been a whole lot of other things before this. But I think at least this opens the door to be like, damn, we should uh, worry a little bit more about what can kill us versus us trying to kill each other kind of thing. It's insane. I, I you know, I don't know how many businesses are going to be affected by this. I mean, it just to me seems like like they're. Speaking of that, I, I, know, I don't I know think of any you, business hasn't been affected. I know, I know, obviously, you've been affected, like yeah, like I've been this, but uh, day to day, besides going to office and staying home and all that, what do you, what are you doing different now? Like, what, what, what kind of pivots are you trying to make and everything within your business? I'm, I'm really, you know, my dad told me something a few years back that you know, you know, are, you know, we're both fortunate to have great fathers and and that that you know, they plant like these seeds in your brain and then the plant grows like three years later and you remember something that they told you. My dad said, 
-hmm. you're not in the business of filmmaking, you're in the business of storytelling. And as long as you could tell a story, you could do anything. And I'll never forget that. And I, and I remember that from time to time. And the truth is, you know, I'm not focusing as much on the, um, on the, on the execution or the tool or, or the, the process I'm focusing on the storytelling. So, you know, this podcast is a perfect example. I was like, I've wanted to do this now for over a year. And because we've been so busy, I haven't gotten the chance. This is another form of storytelling. This is the way I'm going to tell my story. This is the way I'm going to connect with people. We're at a point now where, you know, everyone, you know, it's like everyone dropped a bunch of marbles and the marbles went everywhere. And now we're starting to kind of gather the marbles. And, you know, I'm just communicating a lot with all of my clients, all of my agencies, friends, all the creatives. Like I, I just, I'm just in a mindset of service right now. And I want to understand where their minds are going, where they're, how they're working with brands, how they want to communicate on their brand's behalf, because I'm just yeah. listening a lot, man. At the end of the day, storytelling is the most powerful way of human communication. It's not going anywhere. So in my mind, I'm not like, I'm not, this is what I do for a living. I'm a storyteller. So now it's just like, how am I going to pivot and help these brands tell stories that they, they still got to tell? Look, they they got to figure out other ways. It's an interesting, interesting time for artists, especially like you. Like, I see a lot of things on Instagram and social media of artists almost taking different outlets of expression that they've never had before. Like you said, you're doing a podcast now, but I think it's a very interesting and critical time. We saw that Chappelle documentary with the whole amazing. Twain Award. And amazing, I, I, what I took away that was so amazing was his appreciation for all art and how critical it was during the elections in 16, where he thought that was a critical time for artists to step up. And I'm sure right now, there's a lot of different artists working on a lot of different things and a lot of different outlets that they've never expressed that are going to come out four, five, six, 10, 15 years from now that yeah. we're going to get some major um, fruits of success from this yeah. horrible, horrible time. Yeah, and and I and it's funny, the Chappelle thing, I told you, man, I got emotional a few times watching it. And, and if anyone hasn't seen it, man, you got to see this thing, man. You know, you know, love him or hate him, I understand his work is extremely controversial, especially the new stuff with everything going on and how, you know, yeah, let's, you know, let's call it the ultra sensitive uh, environment, which, you know, carries some weight and validity. But at the same time, you got to let people speak. Look, I, I think in that, I think that documentary, you take away even his friends disagree with him strongly. Yeah. But what they love the fact that they're able to hear an opinion and disagree with him and also hear where, why he's coming from that opinion, which I don't think we do enough anymore. I think our group of friends, we've been very fortunate to grow up in a very, very, you know, open, transparent, like we're, we're, ex we're like overly so transparent with each other about things. And we get in debates all the time. And we've, we've, we've nurtured a healthy social relationship with each other that has carried on into our lives. And I think we're better men for it. You know, what, what's so amazing about that Chappelle thing is just how socially aware. And this is what I keep telling people, like what I took away from it is how a human being at 16 years old was as socially aware as he was. I, I, I don't even understood the world around me at 16 or even at 20. I just don't, I don't think challenging beliefs is unhealthy. I, I think challenging you challenging my beliefs makes me and you stronger. And a lot of people take someone's challenging their beliefs as challenging their character, which are two different things. And yeah, challenging someone's beliefs should never cross the line of challenging their character. And when you challenge my beliefs, I get to reinforce or change my thoughts on something, which is, you know, what's crazy about this whole sort of like quarantine thing, staying home thing is that, and this is what I was talking to my dad earlier about. It's like, you have this whole side of this thing. That's like this, the, the most 
horrific, terrifying. You know, you see the stories from New York. It breaks your heart. My wife's, you know, in the medical field, she's a nurse practitioner. You know, she's weeks away from potentially having to go bedside. So, you know, we're kind of living through that fear. So that's this horrible thing. And you're seeing these families go through this. But man, there is there is this undeniable silver lining side. It's hard to see it now. But if you can focus on some of the silver lining items on the other side, I mean, the time I'm spending with my kids, I wouldn't have, you know, time that, I, you know, my like my dad said, it's like you're inheriting like a, like a sabbatical almost a little bit. Fucking Zoom calls we got to have our older siblings in our family. <laughs> they are, they're, dude. And, 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 and so. To come away from these quarantines. No, and you know what? You know what's crazy? I was thinking about this the other day. I was like, this, this situation forces you to stop. And there are a lot yeah. of people that go a thousand miles an hour because they don't want to face themselves in the mirror. The idea, the idea of solitude scares the shit out of them. You know, and, and this is going to be a day of reckoning for a lot of people because they're going to have to face their demons like on their own because they're, they're, they're going to be, and, and it's, it's so healthy, man. It's so healthy. A lot of people are going to come out on the other side of this, having a better understanding of who they are and what matters to them. I don't think that norm is going to be redefined to a long time. I mean, it took two or three years for planes to be filled after 9-11 and that was just planes. This is everything all around us kind of thing. Like it's weird. I watch things now that we're quarantined and we like watch shows. Like there's moments in shows where I'm like, that's not happening anymore. That ain't happening anymore. When's that going to happen? You know, like it's just. You seen anything good on TV lately? Man, I think I've been all over the place. I haven't seen Tiger King, which is everyone's seen. So it's, I, uh, I almost had a divorce my wife after that one because she kept watching it one night after I went to sleep and finished it. And I was like, that's grounds, that's grounds for divorce right there, for sure. You can't do that. You have to, keep, you have to take that to the grave and then rewatch it and act the whole way. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretend you didn't see anything. Yeah, dude, that, that, that show's yeah, really like, crazy, man. I've up on Ozark and uh, watching movies more than anything. I watched right. Onward yesterday with Pam. I don't have right. kids. Cry like a baby because brother connection. Dude, I, I didn't, I didn't see the whole thing, but just the, uh, the one little scene that I saw that I was like, God damn it, Pixar. How do you do this shit is when he does the little, the, the tap with the foot on his foot, because that's the only way he can communicate with his son. Dude, I almost like killed me inside, man. It's nuts, man. Like the whole Netflix culture for me is, is incredible, man. Just, just seeing Netflix completely changed the entire landscape of entertainment for the simple fact that they greenlit things that studios and safe networks would never greenlight. And by doing that, they put pressure on everybody else, man. And we've been content has been absolutely 100% better for it, man. Yep. I mean, it's crazy. And we're going to, and we're going to get space force and we're going to get space force. That is, it's going to be the greatest thing ever. If you guys don't know what Space Force is, they basically got the creators of The Office and Parks and Rec um, to do and a... Steve Carell, because he's part creator of it. Steve Carell and John Malkovich to do a ben Office... Ben the, the What? Ben Schwartz, who now is famously the voice of Sonic, but he's from Parks and Recreation. He's a, uh, John Ralphio. He's yeah, one of my favorite and, characters ever. And they get... And they get to do an office style show on space force, the new arm of our, uh, military department brought into, uh, fruition. And by it takes place in Colorado. Jules, so I got it takes place where 
in Colorado. So a little home state. Oh my God, dude. Did they shoot it there? Uh, I don't know if they shot it here, but I guess the, the plot is Steve Carell is like, he's a very like accomplished, uh, I believe, naval captain, general, and he reluctantly takes this position because he's not really sure. Dude, they're going to paint, dude, this is what they're going to do. They're going to, I don't know anything. They're going to, they're going to paint him as like some sort of hardcore, like just liberal that he, that then gets this offer from a president that he doesn't probably necessarily very fond of. And then he, but he has to take it career offer. Probably he's going to be like the, he's going to be like the Fauci of, of that. He has to do it. Like what choice do I have? I have to do it. It's like, I got to deal with this guy to help these people. What am I going to do? So good, man. So good. Well, brother, I love you, man. Thank you so much for taking the time. It's always a pleasure. I, I don't know why I have a feeling that you're going to be a see you. what? Stay safe. It's been good to see you. I mean, for sure, man. For sure. I have a feeling that you're going to probably end up being a, a recurring guest on this. Maybe we'll have to give you your own little well, segment. Hey, before you go, any uh, amazing bottle of wine that you've opened during the quarantine? You're like, holy shit. Dude, I opened up the other day um, a realm, a King Richard realm. That was pretty awesome, man. The man, let me tell you, those guys at Richard. Realm really know what they're doing, man. I mean, people don't realize that these guys, especially some of these guys in Cali, man, are making these 15% alcohol just bombs. And and oh. you're you're <laughs> sipping them. They're young. You're sipping them. And, and it's going down like the smoothest thing, like literally the smoothest juice you've ever drank. These guys are just wizards, man. Oh. All right, brother. Thank you again, man. Love you, I appreciate buddy. it. Take care, bro. Love you, man. Bye. You know, Alex is, is uh, you know, one of my best friends growing up, one of the most special people, um, you know, in the world. I don't know. I don't know. We're, we're living in weird times, man. And, and I think that, and I've learned this with my, my merge family that, you know, this is psychologically going to be challenging for any given person on any given day. When you start interacting with somebody, make your goal to lift people's spirits, you know, keep them excited, keep them happy, keep them motivated, keep them headstrong, remind them that this is just temporary, that we'll get through this, that they're not alone. I mean, that's the biggest thing, you know, you know, be a human being first, man, and just just constantly spread love uh, and connect with as many people as as you can, because now more than ever, we need that. Love you all. Take care. Thanks for listening. Bye.